0: Mark. As he was teaching, he said, watch out for the legal experts. They like to walk around in long robes. They want to be greeted with honor in the markets. They long for places of honor in the synagogues and at banquets. They are the ones who cheat, widows out of their homes and to show off they say long prayers they will be judged most harshly jesus sat across from the collection box for the temple treasury and observed how the crowd gave their money many rich people were throwing in lots of money one poor widow came forward and put in two small copper coins worth a penny Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than everyone who's been putting money in the treasury. All of them are giving out of their spare change. But she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she had, even what she needed to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. So, good morning, everyone. So glad you came to be with us today. Part of this story today is about what we give. And there was a lady, and she was old, and she didn't have very much. But she had two coins. This is all she had. This is all she had. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's all she had. But with the love in her heart, and that's key, with the love in her heart, when she saw that somebody needed this more than her, what do you think she did with this? Donated it. She gave it away, like I'm giving it to you. That's what she did. She gave it away. And she trusted that she would be okay, even though that's all she had. And that was very courageous of her. So I don't know if any of you all get allowance or do chores or, or have a piggy bank, but today you can talk and think about what it is to give some of what you have a way to help somebody else with the love in your heart. It takes that love to be able to say, here, this is for you. Okay? So you can all go together now with Miss Debbie, all who are going to go to Sunday school, and you can hold on to that, and you can pass it around and talk about what that feels like. Okay? All right. Goodbye.
1: good morning everybody it 's good to see you all again today it 's always such a pleasure to be with you. Get a chance to reflect on the gospel passage this morning. This passage this morning, I think is a uh, a kind of a picture of contrast between the the haughty uh, Pharisees and the the, the well to do people and this poor widow. There are times when I read a gospel passage, and it seems to me that it has such a strong what i call an echo with other passages of scripture that it calls me to reflect on those as well i can't read the gospel passage this morning without also hearing in my mind this particular passage from the letter of james my brothers and sisters do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious lord jesus christ For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, oh, stand over there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that is invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. When I was a, uh, <clears throat> in junior high school, attending the uh, Central United Methodist Church in Phoenix, Arizona, was we were part of a youth Sunday. One day when those of us in the youth program were responsible for everything that happened in the service. And as a part of the sermon, I was up front and a, a w- w- with several other people in the setup for this sermon. And then roughly in the middle of the sermon... My job was to go outside the sanctuary, change into these ratty, old, torn, dirty, ugly clothes, dump dirt all over me, and then go around to the main door of the sanctuary where I was to come in and walk down the center aisle in dramatic fashion. So I go around here, and you know there's a timing issue involved in this little dramatic presentation and i get to the front door of the church and i step into the narthex and i am immediately grabbed by two ushers who are not going to let me go any further i clearly do not belong in this church From their perspective and they are barring my entrance i'm trying to explain to them no i'm one of the youth of the church i'm a part of this thing they will have nothing to do with that whatsoever they're pushing me back out front i'm getting absolutely nowhere finally the youth director comes down the aisle peering in because i'm supposed to be doing you know the whole thing is stalled because you know, I am not walking down. You know, and the youth director comes back and finds me in the grip of these two ushers and says, you know, it's okay. It's okay. He's, he's one of us. And, and they looked at us like, what kind of low-life scum were we? You know, and what had the church come to? But they let me in. Years later, when I was in seminary, um, I was a part of the, the 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 San Francisco Symphony Orchestra had a uh, what they called the Wednesday Night Forum. It was specifically pitched toward young adults. And so there were people on individual college and seminary campuses who were recruited to sell tickets and to be a part of the, you know, the symphony forum, trying to get an audience for these Wednesday nights. And every once in a while, they would have these meetings for all the members of the forum could come in and, you know, there'd be a speaker from the orchestra or something like that. And so I went into San Francisco, into symphony, into the War Memorial Opera House. This is before the symphony hall was built. And uh, as I walk in the door, this guy grabs me by the arm. I have no idea who he is. He says, we're electing officers today for the Symphony Forum Executive Committee, and we need somebody to serve as secretary. Would you be willing to do it? I said, well, yeah, I'd be glad to. And lest I should think this had anything to do with me, he then says, so what's your name? So I gave him my name, and of course, I ran unopposed, you know, and was duly elected. And at the end of that, the guy says, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, everybody on the executive committee gets a free box seat at the symphony. What a deal. For two years, I had a box seat at every performance of the San Francisco Symphony it was like for this kid who was got a degree in music at Arizona State University I was in heaven so there would but there would be many nights when I would be studying away at this or that or the other been busy all day and so um, dressed roughly like Terry over here I would leap up and get on BART go across the bay and dash up the stairs and get into my box seat just about the time the symphony began. And pretty much every time, I'd hear, get this little tap on my shoulder. Yes, sir, will you come with me, please? And we would have to go out to the hallway, and I would have to show him my ticket and prove that I was fit to be in my box seat. So I decided to test this out. So on one occasion, I put on a suit and a tie, got all dressed up. No problem. I looked the part, right? So then I went back to my blue jeans and my T-shirt and, you know, and and a ratty old sweater throwing on over that that wasn't tucked in. Tap, tap, tap on the shoulder. You know, we are all about appearances in so many places in our culture. And at some point, we are called to decide which is most important. Is it most important to look good or be good? And they don't always go together. A few months ago, there was a wonderful little sequence on um, somewhere on TV. It was a little maybe 60 minutes or I don't know. remember exactly where it was now, but there was this a homeless guy. Homeless guy basically made his living panhandling on the street, you know, making what he could to get by. He had his own unique history about life and how things had gone bad. He ended up on the street, blah, 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 all these kinds of things. So anyway, this guy had a regular spot where he panhandled in a, in a nice part of town. So they took him into one of these high-end men's clothiers okay, and put him in a really nice suit, nice shoes, tie, the whole works, put him out on the street in his same spot and said, just do your thing, just panhandle the same way you always do. So he would, you know, he'd stop, stop people and say, he'd explain you, see, I'm just, you know, if you just give me, uh, you know, I just need a few dollars to get, you know, he was asking for dollars. People were giving him fives, you know. People would see him. They'd stop and they'd talk with him in conversation. They'd say, well, maybe, you know, uh, here, I got several other, I got more than bunnies. Do you, is there any other way I can help you? You know, how about a 10? Would that do? He even scored a 20 from somebody. So they took the guy, they put him back in his own clothes the next day, put him on the street to Panhandle. People walked by like he wasn't even there. And those people that would talk to him, you know, maybe gave him a buck. We make so many decisions based on how people look. In this country, we have a word for it. It's called racial profiling in some places. And we hear it from people, you know, there are risks to traveling while Muslim, driving while black. Bernie Madoff always looked good. You know? That's how he was able to run the largest Ponzi scheme in the history of the world. Steal billions of dollars from people. But he looked good. Always looked good. We need to decide what we're looking at. Are we looking at people for who they are, for how they appear? Are we seeing people as they're made as children of God? Or are we seeing the trappings? Are we just seeing this outer layer This facade. And I will guarantee you. The flip side of this. Is that many of us here. Aren't as good as we look. Now the biggest. The biggest mystery of all time. Where people confused. Looks with reality was with Jesus. The Roman authorities looked at Jesus and they said, this guy is just a troublemaker. He's just another one of those kind of ratty, itinerant preachers. This one actually grew up as a carpenter in Nazareth. It's a little backwater town up north. He's nobody. He's nothing. He's just a pain in the... Well, he's just a pain. (laughs) And we know what to do about that. We can get rid of him. He'll go away. He won't be a problem to us anymore. Nobody notices. When the poor die, nobody pays any attention. They're just gone. They didn't know they were actually dealing with the Son of God. So I would suggest caution, my friends. You may be dealing with the Son of God.